Hey, everybody. Coming up, we're talking fashion. Now, the reality is I don't care much about it, but we have an expert who says I should. That's up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With Europe struggling to find a debt solution and Congress deadlocked in a budget stalemate, the Fed chief is not seeing an optimistic economic outlook. But he also hasn't decided to take action. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke is not ready to promise new steps to boost growth. Speaking to the Senate Banking Committee, Bernanke left open the question of further intervention by the central bank. We are looking very carefully at the economy, um, trying to judge whether or not uh, the loss of momentum we've seen recently is uh, enduring. Bernanke once again said Congress itself could reduce uncertainty by working to head off looming tax hikes and budget cuts. Development of a credible medium-term plan for controlling deficits should be a high priority. Bernanke cited a congressional budget office forecast that the so-called fiscal cliff could create a shallow recession next year. Mark Hamrick, Washington. The Democrats' threat that they will allow automatic spending cuts to take place is becoming more real as the readout on just what will be slashed comes today. This is serious stuff. Looming automatic spending cuts will cost the economy more than 2 million defense and domestic jobs. The economic report comes amid a chorus of election year demands and bipartisan backbiting over how to avert the cuts. Republicans are certain to seize on the dire numbers as they claim the president is ignoring critical problems and is willing to make deep cuts in the military. Democrats will demand Republicans accept tax increases on high wage earners as part of any alternative to implementing the cuts. Brian Thomas, Washington. Yesterday's incident that ended with a U.S. Navy ship firing on a small boat is now under investigation after accounts of what happened from the wounded fisherman's side differ. The Navy says sailors opened fire after the boat ignored several warnings to turn away as it rapidly approached the USNS Rappahannock. But one of the wounded Indians tells his government there was no warning before shots were fired. Indian External Affairs Minister S.M. Krishna has asked the United Arab Emirates to investigate. We hope uh, that uh, 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 necessary action will be initiated. The top American diplomat in New Delhi has told Indian authorities the U.S. will also investigate. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. Thinking of traveling overseas? Well, there's a good chance that Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has already been there. She is the most traveled secretary in U.S. history. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton's latest trip covered 27,000 miles and included nine countries in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. In the three-plus years since she became secretary in 2009, Clinton has been on the road 351 days. She's visited 102 countries, more than any other Secretary of State in U.S. history. Clinton says she won't keep the job if Barack Obama is elected to a second term. That's not a big surprise, since only one Secretary of State has served more than four years since the 1970s. Tim McGuire, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend. Your life coach, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on the show every day of the week 
to help you and your loved ones make it through this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the show, everybody. And today we are tackling a subject that apparently I need desperately. That's why they brought on our guest. And um, we're talking about your your road, your wardrobe, your dress. Are you dressed for success or are you dressed for complete failure and embarrassment? Do you even know? Do you even know what you're supposed to be wearing? I'm fine. The T-shirt will do just fine. Uh, that is what we're going to be talking about on the show today is our dress. What are we supposed to wear? Now, some of this comes from um, an experience I had where I took my family to an amusement park, local uh, amusement park here in Utah, and um, it was scary <laughs> because my kids are like seeing people dressed in ways that they had never seen people dress. And they were asking questions about, isn't that too tight for that lady, mom? <laughs> and we're like, yes, don't look that way. <laughs> Cover your eyes, son. You do not need to see this. And um, so at some point, don't we all just kind of owe it to each other to learn some of the rules of uh, better, healthier dress? Not that, not that we have to like put on this big show, not that we have to dress up for everything, but it, is it a sign of respect? And are we being disrespectful by certain things that we wear, certain things that we don't wear? Are there obvious things we just shouldn't be doing? Do you even know what they are anymore? Now, I grew up in the day that you didn't wear brown shoes with a blue suit. And now I see that everywhere, and I want to know if that's right. That seems wrong in my book. I also apparently, are your shoes and your belt still supposed to match? I have no idea. Uh, is there still a power tie or does it matter? Are we talking thicker ties or thinner ties? What in, on earth is the deal? And um, we're going to try to cut through some of that because quite honestly, I don't have any clue. A lot of the guys nowadays are not even tucking their shirts in. But so can you wear any kind of shirt untucked? What I mean, do you have tails on your shirts? Can you have big tails, little tails? I'm clueless. I don't know what to wear. Right now, I'm wearing a lime-colored shirt. Pretty sure that's a violation of something. And I'm wearing tan pants. Don't even know if they match. I asked my wife. She said they did, so we're going with it. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be bringing on an expert, Merrick White, who's a fashion blogger, and she's going to try to straighten me up and, of course, my team here. Who I'm not, I think between all of us, we have some fashion sense. Um, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to just, we're going to just try to get into some of the rules. How do you dress for success? What are some of the basic things everybody needs to know about? Because when you think of clothes, there's just so many things that can go wrong, quite honestly. I, um, I, I have a kind of a crazy job where sometimes I'm sitting down with clients, talking to them and doing kind of marriage coaching and counseling with them. I then go and do a lot of public speaking. So when I'm speaking, I need to wear something different. And then when I'm on the radio, quite honestly, I just want to wear sweats, but they won't let me. So um, I just I don't know what to wear. And literally, if I didn't have my wife and my teenage daughter, actually my college-age daughter living with us, I wouldn't know what to wear. All I do know is when I dress and I come out and one of them sees me and they're like, oh, dad, seriously, you're going to wear that. Where are you going? Then I know that uh, I've blown it. And it seems like it's getting harder for me, too. The older I get, it seems harder. (laughs) 
I don't know why. I think it's because my body's a different shape. I don't know what's happening to me. But it used to be just easier to dress. You just would dress. And now it just doesn't seem as as simple as it used to. Um, there's, uh, there's a story that is just so much about this. So uh, one day, we, uh, my wife went to Costco to buy me some shorts because we were going to Hawaii. And she just went, surprised me, no big deal, went to Costco, bought these really cool shorts I had never seen before. And we went to Hawaii, and she packed them away. And I got uh, – I, what I always do is I always get sunburned for some odd reason when I go on a trip like that. I think it's just because my pasty white body has never seen the light of day until we get out on a vacation. And then when we're out there, I like to burn myself up. And um, then I usually like to spend like day three rubbing aloe vera on my body while I try to recuperate from my third-degree burns. And so while we're while I was sitting there, she's like, look, I'm going to go to the pool. You just get dressed. Come down about 5 o'clock. We'll go to dinner. No big deal. So I'm like, sweet. And I kind of delay and delay, and then I finally get ready. And as I'm getting ready, I, I put on my Hawaiian shirt that we had just bought there because, you know, when in Hawaii, do as the Hawaiians. You want to look good. And then I put on my, my sweet shorts that she had bought me at Costco that I had never seen before. I found out later they were a $300 pair of shorts because you can't get out of Costco for under $300. And so I'm sitting there. I don't know if they were really $300, but that's what we spend. So I, I put my shorts on. And as I'm putting the shorts on, I look down, and for the first time ever, they were just cargo shorts with, like, pockets on the sides. But they had little ties on the knees, okay? So, like, little drawstring ties on your knees, and in my little left brain, uh, I call that my man brain. In my man brain, my man brain says, well, apparently we tie our knees now. Because I didn't know we tied knees now. And I thought this is what I wanted to ask Merrick is, are, are we tying our knees? Because why would we put ties in our shorts if we weren't going to be tying them? So I tie up my knees. And as I'm cinching up my knees, I'm asking myself, well, man, how tight do you tie your knees? <laughs> Because I had never done it, you know. So I'm tying them up, and I'm assuming, well, we're going to tie them tight. I mean, if we're going to be tying our knees, we want to tie them really tight so that nothing can get up the knee area. And um, we're going to cinch those things down. And so I'm cinching down my knees, and as I'm then as I'm tying them, I'm thinking, well, do you tie them above the knee, or do you, like, pull them down below your knee? And, I, and I'm going through all of this, sweating aloe vera from my third-degree burn, and um, – as I'm as I'm doing it, it's you know no big deal. So I, I I'm tying them down. I finally get them all tied, cinched down. It's almost like they didn't want them tied, by the way, because they didn't give you enough tie to tie. But because you know I figured it out, um, and and I and I made it work. And then I was all cinched up. I tied them below my knee, really tight. Then I ran over because I was now late. Picked up my um, flip flops because I you know had to get out of there. And as I bent over to pick up my flip flops, my shorts came down. Which which tells me that I, I needed more slack in the leg area. So I, I untied them. Oh, now I'm really late. So I untie them and I hike them up above my knee. Then I retied them. Okay? So now there was a lot of slack in the shorts. And now, but I'm cinched and I'm ready to go. I bend over, get my flip-flops on. Everything's good. Grab my, I had my Hawaiian shirt on. Put my camera on around my neck. And I had my, my fanny pack. And I started walking out. And I get this weird prompting, and the prompting says, you know what? No, dude, you don't, you don't want to look stupid. And I'm like, you are so right. I don't want to look stupid. So I left my fanny pack, and I um, – because you know how fanny packs can make you look like a tourist. Um, so I walk out. Now, just imagine my shorts all puffed up, looking the bomb, 
I got glowing white, red, whitish red legs um, with the with the glean of aloe, and I'm looking for my queen, and I can't find my wife anywhere, and she's sitting across from the pool, and I'm waving to her, hey babe, and she was ignoring me. She kept lifting the book up because she couldn't see me, and I finally got close to her, and she looked at me with the uh, this crazy look of disgust, and she said, "What are you, dude? You've got puffy pants." And right then it dawns on me, ah, oh, jeez, I've got puffy pants. And she's like, no, man, seriously, let the air out of your shorts. <laughs> Those are horrible. You don't tie your knees. And I immediately think, no, fight her on this one because you do. So I started fighting her. Yeah, you do, Matt, Marty. You tie your knees. Why would they put ties on the knees if they didn't want them tied? She's like, Matt, do you, do you see anyone else in the pool with their knees all tied up? And I was looking so hard and you wouldn't believe it. But that day no one had tied their knees up. So we got in this fight about whether you're supposed to tie your knees up. And um, finally, she's like, well, I'm not going with you till you let some air out of those. And I'm like, whatever, I'm not going with you. And the reality was I, my feet were going numb because you're not supposed to tie your knees. And I'm, I was like tingling feet. And I was going to get black toe because I was going to lose a toe because of a lack of circulation. And so finally, she's like, whatever, I'm not going with you. And I'm like, fine, okay, here's what we'll do. Because I didn't know how to get out of it. And she's like, um, I said, this is what we'll do. I'll let the air out. And I'll put them down. But then what we're going to do is we're going to go back after we go to dinner. We're going to go back and I'm going to show you on the Internet that you're supposed to tie your knees. And she's in her just little snide way said, oh, sure. What we'll do is we'll look up on courtjesters.com and we'll, we'll see your outfit. And then what we can do is we'll then buy a curly toe little boots and the funny little court jester hat. So you have the whole ensemble. So. That's why we're talking about dressing for success because I was convinced to tie your knees up when you have knees to tie. And we're going to ask Merit and, or Merrick. And Merrick White is going to be joining us, a fashion blogger. She's going to set us straight on all the myths about dress. How do you do it? How do you do it on a budget? And what really is our goal? Is our goal to just fit in or to stand out? That is what we're going to be talking about for the next hour right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. Stick with us. We're going to give you the tools right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Next, from spacesuits to stadium domes, a fabric that performs... This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Chances are pretty good that you've sat under a roof derived from innovative materials that were originally designed for NASA spacesuits, and you probably cheered when you did it. For decades, stadium roofs and structures have been built using a fabric derived from NASA spacesuit materials. The original spacesuit material was based on a fiberglass cloth coated with Teflon, which made it stronger than steel, yet feather light. Aeronautical engineer Walter Byrd founded Bird Air Structures back in the 1950s, and it wasn't long before he saw how space-age technology could be leveraged for a strong but lightweight roofing material. The cloth lets light pass through, but deflects heat. Not only is the material energy efficient, it becomes stronger than steel in what engineers call a tensecrity structure. That strength was tested back in 2008 when tornado winds over 130 miles per hour battered Atlanta, but the Georgia Dome's fabric roof was hardly bothered. And that was great news to the 20,000 basketball fans that were in the stadium at the time. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. The Kennedy Center's Global Awareness Lecture invites international diplomats, scholars, and talented individuals to speak on issues affecting the global community. The big problem is not Russia and the United States. What worries me is some of these rogue countries with their crazy dictators. Increase your global awareness, enjoy the insights of extraordinary speakers, and keep up with the world around you by tuning in to Notes from the Kennedy Center, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You want to put on your boogie shoes. And what I found out in Hawaii is if you wear puffy pants with your boogie shoes, you will be the bomb and they will all talk about you and your wife will be so proud. Not true. So today we're talking about fashion, how to dress for success, how to not basically humiliate yourself and your family in the meantime. But have you noticed how trends in fashion seem to come back again? You know, the things that were in the 70s are back Vans are looking cool again. Corduroy jeans, they're back, and you're going to make that rubbing noise with your legs. It's all good. So those things from the childhood seem to get popular again, right? Ben Wagner, one of our producers, investigates why this happens and what it means for the future. The other day, all of us here at the show were sitting in our post-show production meeting when I noticed the glasses that my fellow producer Tom Brinton wears. Now, since this isn't TV, I'll just tell you that if you want to know what Tom looks like, go check out Ralphie on the cover of the VHS of A Christmas Story, and you'll get the idea. His glasses have that faux wooden look. Now, when I asked him about it, he said that he had chosen those particular frames because they were similar to ones he had as a kid, which he only wore then because they looked like the glasses the lead singer of Weezer wore. This brought to my mind the idea, and I've always been fascinated by this, of the cultural 20-year cycle, the theory that culture constantly recycles what was popular 20 years before, regurgitating refined versions of trends from 20 years ago. And you see this all across pop culture, whether it's TV, music, fashion, cultural trends will inevitably resurface 20 years later, introducing them to a whole new generation who will then bring them back again in another 20 years. For this reason, pop culture is constantly echoing an older time. The 2000s mirrored the 80s, which in turn echoed the 60s. And here at the beginning of the 2010s, our pop culture is starting to reflect the 90s and some ways hearkening back to the 70s. For example, you may have noticed in the last few years a resurgence of flannel as a popular fashion choice. But in fact, that entire urban outfitters, outdoorsy, hipster, earth colors look that has come back into vogue over the last few years was really just a refinement of the post-nevermind grunge era look of the 1990s, which in itself echoed the fashion choices of the new age hippies in the 70s. And those new age hippies, well, they were just wearing the same flannel their parents wore, albeit in the form of gray suits, in the 1950s. This doesn't just happen in fashion. You may have been hit over the head by all the advertisements for the new Batman film about to hit theaters. Now, the original screen production of The Cape Crusader happened in the mid-40s. That Batman was rebooted 20 years later in the 1960s with the Adam West version. Batman's next screen adaptation was almost exactly 20 years later with the Tim Burton darkened reimagining of the 1980s. 
which was, again, redone almost 20 years later with Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. If I were a betting man, I'd peg the next reinterpretation of Batman to occur sometime in the 2020s. In music, it's even easier to see these cycles. Justin Timberlake was just Michael Jackson reinterpreted, and Lady Gaga's Madonna rehashed 20 years later. And you're starting to see minimalism make a comeback in music after largely being absent from pop since the 1990s. There are several explanations for why this 20-year cycle happens. One theory revolves around the Freudian and Jungian Oedipus and Electra complexes, the idea being that children look up to their parents, then upon reaching their mid to late 20s, they subconsciously copy them, albeit with a few refinements. It's the, oh, I'm becoming my dad syndrome. And while I'm open to this theory, I'd rather not think about the implications of an Oedipal explanation. I've always seen the 20-year cycle primarily as a product of nostalgia meets economics. You reach an age in your mid to late 20s in which you become nostalgic for the way things used to be when you're a kid. This happens to coincide with adulthood, real jobs, and disposable income. This generates the demand for 20-year-old trends, which culture and capitalism then happily supply. For example, before Viacom took Nickelodeon off your direct TV, you may have seen commercials for their The 90s Are All That nightly block of programming, which repeats the network's programs from the early to mid-90s, shows like All That, Doug, and Keenan and Kel. When the nightly programming debuted, Nickelodeon saw an 850% increase in viewership in the target demographic of 18 to 34-year-olds, the sweet spot of the 20-year cycle. Whatever the reasons for this cyclical trend of pop culture, its existence is indisputable. In fact, once you're aware of it, it's hard not to see it everywhere. What's certain is that 20 years from now, we'll get a resurgence of vampire love stories, reality TV shows, and Justin Bieber. Hey, something to look forward to. Oh, man. That's our future. Oh, our future is... Oh, Jeepers creepers. Justin Bieber future. You know, I didn't know Ben knew so much about clothes. <laughs> That's amazing. You just think he's a big sports guy, but he's not. He is a he just knows a lot about this. So here's what we're doing. We brought on Merrick White, who is a blogger, fashion blogger, mommy of two. Well one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, but and you call the young and peanut, because it's still in your belly. And oil painter. You're busy. I am. And you have merricksart.blogspot.com is your blog. It is. And so, Merrick, we need you. Um, first and foremost, what color is my shirt? You know, I would actually say it was more mint. And mint is so in right now. Is it? You are so trendy. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm surprised hip. your teenage daughter did not. I she say was that. asleep. My my wife uh, is probably not as hip. Oh, wow. but it's mint, not it's, lime. It's, no, it's not. It's not lime. It felt More mintier mint. to me. Yeah. Than limeier. You're feeling it when you're brushing your teeth. I was right? feeling something. And um, so, okay. So here's what I want to know. You know a lot about clothes. You do a ton of. You even actually sew your own clothes. I do. You're so into clothes. You you make your own clothes. Yes. Now, okay, so help me. What's the big deal? Can't we all just wear what we want and just have everyone leave us alone? You know, you can. <laughs> you can work. if you want, but, but it says there's something. this thing called judgment. And impressions. And impressions. And people are going to look at you weird if you don't 
If you don't dress how they think is the right way to dress. But I think that's just rude. They should love me for who I am, Merrick. Oh, they do. They okay. do, I think. But I don't think they do. I think they're judging me. And But there's it's so it's such – to me, honestly, maybe it's because I've just been too busy. But it's, there's a lot of stuff we got to figure out. Like when someone says, yeah, Matt, just come to that speech because um, we just want you to do biz- dress business casual. I don't even know what that means. I just – what does that mean? You know what? What you're wearing right now is business casual. Is it? A button-up shirt with a collar. You can even roll up your sleeves like you have right now. Do I look hipper with my mint sh- sleeves oh, rolled yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. What on earth is then business? Business dress. is more dressy. Like, you got to have yourself a suit oh, yeah. with yeah. a tie. I do that a lot. You got to have the matching shoes or at least coordinating shoes and belt. Yeah. Buttoned up collar. It's just <sighs> a step above the business casual. Okay, help me with this. What's Walmart casual? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. Somebody brought that I up. I don't know what <laughs> That's just, <laughs> I guess, if that. you're casual and you well, there's all those pictures going around about people, what they dress up. People of Walmart? Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's different. So that's, that's a whole I wanna, category of its own. Because really, it, I guess you can get away with anything if you don't care what people uh, you don't care what people are thinking. Yeah, but you know there is always that internal debate. Yeah. I think everybody cares about what other people think, yeah. and and it affects how you care about yeah. yourself or what you think about yourself. And it says a lot. Like if you're going to a meeting or if you're going to, it's going to communicate how you prepared to get ready. If you combed your hair, if you got dressed, what you wear, it says something. It really does. It, you know, and I can tie this into being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I don't go that many places all the time. I'm sitting at my sewing machine during nap time. Yeah. Or I'm playing sweats. on the you're ground. I'm playing on the ground with my little boy yeah. playing Legos. Yeah. I don't need to be dressed up, but I feel better about myself Isn't that interesting? when I'm yeah. dressed, and you when do, I yeah. got makeup on, yeah. when my hair is brushed, yeah. when my teeth are brushed. It's funny because I feel better when I don't. <laughs> I feel better when I'm just vegging around. That's I really such do. A lie. I really do until someone comes to the door. Oh, yeah, exactly. Then when the door, someone rings the doorbell, I'm like, ah, got to yep. get my face on. You got to get your face on. And then I got to go get, you know. My mint shirt. Yep. And then you look cool. Then I look hot with my sleeves all rolled up. So as you think about it, uh, and we're going to come back and get into some some details for sure about how do we do this on a tight budget? Because money is – this doesn't end. You know what I mean? It just – there's no end to it. Even when I think we're ahead – we still need more clothes. Our kids are constantly needing clothes. We're growing out of them. So I'm going to have you address that. When we come back, how do you budget? How do you get uh, – and what do you need? If we have to go buy a few things, what should we be wearing? What are just some standard things that every human needs to have to just get by? You know, Because a lot of our listeners could be business people. They could be truck drivers. What are some standard things that we all kind of need to have? We'll talk about it. I got some good ideas you for rock. you. rock. Merrick. Merrick White is here with us from merricksart.blogspot.com. You need to check that out. And um, she's going to give us some insight as well as she's going she's gonna to tell me about the puffy pants. Do we tie them or do we not? That's what we're talking about right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Travel the musical road of American history on Highway 89 Scenic Byway. With music from talented musicians from BYU campus and across the globe, Highway 89 brings you the best performances from classical to jazz and folk to rock. Tune in for a musical journey with Highway 89 at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. 
Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Uncertainty continues for much of the nation's agriculture business as the largest heat wave in decades punishes crops. Missouri farm supply store owner Greg Holmes voices what's been on the minds of farmers and ranchers across more than half this country. We don't need a flood by any means, uh, but just a good general soaking rain. It's been more than 50 years since the country has suffered such drought conditions, and if the dry spell goes on, Holmes warns you are going to see the results in the grocery store. Definitely food prices will go up. More than a third of the corn crop is in poor condition, and the Agriculture Department says there will be even lower yields if the drought lingers. I'm Tim McGuire. While farming outputs dwindle, industrial outputs have recovered from May's decline. Factories cranked it up a notch last month, boosting output by 0.7% and reversing a decrease of the same amount in May. But the Federal Reserve says for all of the second quarter, manufacturing output grew at an annual rate of just 1.4%, way down from a strong 9.8% in the first quarter. The biggest boost in the second quarter was from an 18% surge in motor vehicles and parts. Overall, industrial production was up 0.4% in June, following a 0.2% decline in May. David Melendi, Washington. Fighting in Syria's capital is getting even more intense as Assad has begun to use even more military force against the rebels. The Syrian military sent helicopters after rebels in the capital, Damascus, a measure of how serious the fighting there is. Rebels are battling the forces of President Bashar Assad in at least four sections of the city. Residents say the military is blasting neighborhoods with shells, and the people are trying to put out fires with buckets of water. It's by far the toughest battle in Damascus, up to now under tight regime control, underlining why this is now being called a civil war. Mark Levy, Cairo. The violence in Syria is forcing hundreds of thousands of refugees to flee their homes. Some are finding refuge with U.N. camps across the border. Numbers of refugees from the fighting in Syria have tripled to 112,000 since April, says the U.N., an indication of how the conflict that started as an Arab Spring popular uprising has developed into a full-blown civil war. And the 112,000 under U.N. care isn't the total. There are more than 140,000 Syrian refugees in Jordan alone, many making it on their own in difficult conditions. So after the war, there will be a huge rehabilitation task ahead. Mark Levy, Cairo. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. So true. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man in a mint shirt with his sleeves rolled up. So we're talking to Merrick White, a fashion blogger at uh, merricksart.blogspot.com. And uh, she's got it. She knows what it's all about. She's helping us try to figure out what we should be wearing, what we shouldn't be wearing. Because really, I think most of us, a lot of us, are pretty clueless just from my last trip to the amusement park. We, don't, we do not know what they, we should be wearing. So, Merrick, what are some of the things that are just kind of must-haves for men and women? What, what are some things that every person needs to have? 
Well, it kind of varies based on the individual person yeah. and their their age, for one, the personality, how brave they are with right. trying trends. New and, things, spandex, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, always spandex. Um, <laughs> I do a, a feature on my blog. I've done it a couple of different times that I call One Piece Five Ways. And when I do it, I always talk about how when you buy a piece, you should think about how many different ways you can wear it. Oh, excellent. And we call it remixable items. Wow. And this is getting technical. I know. I know. It's it's complicated. It's good. Um, and so when you buy things, you think about um, what it what it will work for or what it will work with with other things. Like in a your- shirt. If I buy a shirt – what else could I wear this shirt with? It goes with gray. It goes with blue. It goes with yeah, tan. Yeah, and not just colors, but I can wear it with jeans to dress it down. Oh. I could wear it with, for girls, a skirt to dress it up yeah. or khakis for a man to dress it up. Can I wear it with a blazer? Can I not? Oh, yep. excellent. Okay. So that's how to remix it. And so I go through five different ways to wear a skirt that's or great. a dress or a necklace, and I do it casual. I do it dressy. I do it business. Yeah. And it shows all the different ways that you can wear. One I love it. Piece. You're getting more for your money, right? But you have to really think. You're thinking that through. Yeah. See, I've never done that. <laughs> you should. It's a great idea. Yeah. I just thought it's a shirt, right? Okay, and shirt. It's a it's a yellow shirt. That'll go with certain colors, I guess. It's a shirt. Yeah. Well, so I think that that high on the list should be one of the one of the things that I did one piece five ways was a pencil skirt. And I wore it with a T-shirt. Okay, there's and one. And it was yeah. super casual. Yeah. Then I wore it with a super dressy blouse and some jewelry yeah. and some high heels. Boom. And it was super dressy. Same skirt. Yeah. Two, two completely ways. different ways. Cool. Pencil skirt for girls is a total must-have. Okay. Um, khakis for a, a man. A guy. That seems like yeah. a universal. Khakis for a man. Black, you know, can you wear black shoes with khakis? Sure. Really? You know – Fashion these days, anything goes. Wow, I see anything that used goes. to violate. I thought I, there's so many rules. I like that. You know the white after Labor Day, yeah, and all that stuff. Don't worry about it. Except the stripes thing makes you look fat, doesn't it? No, not anymore. No, not anymore. Doesn't it matter how they stripe? No, nope. okay. it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't it matter if you're fat? Well, okay, so I that's don't know. A, that's a that's a whole different issue. <laughs> good. What else do we have to have? You got to have a good fitting pair of jeans. Too, uh, so true. Let's go to good fitting for a minute because there's a lot of people wearing jeans that just aren't fitting. There are these low rider jeans. Have you seen the? I'm sure you have. Oh, yeah. Those those are wrong. They're falling off your body for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. There's so many different trends. You got to find one that fits you in the waist, fits you in the hips, is the right length, and go with a dark wash. That's the most important. Why? Now, why is that? It's because it goes with anything. It can be dressed up or dressed down and work either way and it's classic. Okay. You get the one with holes in them. You yeah. get the ones that are super skinny right. or super big flare, and they're going to be out of style next season, let's, and you're going to have to replace them. Let's talk modesty for a minute because it seems like these – what are they called? Drop waist – what are they called? Would you call skinny jeans? Skinny jeans. It's just it, – you've got to do this. You've got to do the, the bend over and pick something up off the ground test because oh, yeah. if you can't do that with everything showing, you need to, you need to not get those jeans. Yeah. People are just not modest anymore. They're not. We need to get some clothes on some people. Well, and not that it's not modest, but it's also just inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, that your underwear is hanging out yeah. or yeah. 
And it's saying something. So when we get into our clothes saying something, whatever clothes you're wearing, it's if or if you're not, it's saying something. Yeah, it is. And um, so I guess I'd watch out for that too, especially if you're a truck driver. Because you know what I mean. That's gonna that looks bad when you're back in the truck in. And anyway, so um, what else? What else? What else are some must-haves? Like for me in my business world, a blazer, a blue blazer has kind of been my greatest tool ever because it goes with everything. It kind of is easy to look a little dressier. Yeah. That's perfect. That's but, a perfect one to put on your list yeah. for a man and a woman. Okay, yeah. Blazers are big this season. Are they back? For women. Okay. A fitted blazer. Oh neat. You could wear it over a t shirt, you can wear it over a button up collared shirt, over a blouse, with a dress. Yeah. You can wear it an infinite number of ways. Tell me about spandex. I have no comment on. Does spandex. it have a place anywhere in our wardrobe? <laughs> no, because for me it's no, just it wrong doesn't. on a million different levels. Okay, because yeah. good, I'm going to tell my wife that um, <laughs> she's already like against that. What about like okay when you think about um, work, and to me I guess this is the bigger point is what is our goal here? Is our goal to stand out and be noticed? Is our goal to fit in? What what are what is our goal? I guess what I'm thinking more at business. I I don't want to be – I guess I want to be noticed, but not like noticed, noticed. Right. Do I? Well, it's up to you. It's up to the individual. <sighs> it depends on your comfort level. But I think a lot of people that, that wear those loud, obnoxious outfits yeah. that make them stand out a lot, they're hiding behind their there, clothes. There's something else, yeah. And that's an issue in and of itself. Right. You want to wear things that fit you well and fit your – figure no matter what size or shape it is because that makes you feel confident and wearing these loud outlandish things you maybe think oh i'm so confident and i can wear whatever i want but there's there's an issue in there underlying that you need to work through and it's it's better to express yourself in different ways that's right loud outfits, I, I think. I think it's totally huge. I wanted to go, um, before we do much more on the business, I wanted to go talk about Casual Friday, okay? Okay. And so what, you know, the you all know what your dress code looks like at your workplace, right? Do you ever, do they ever let you just cut loose, though, and wear whatever you'd like to? I used to live in Portland, Oregon. And I'll tell you, the Rose City is so kicked back. It makes Los Angeles look like New York City. Now, one afternoon, I saw the road starting to fill up with cars heading out of town. Thousands of Oregonians leaving work to start their weekend right on time, like they always do, at 3 p.m. on Thursday. Hey, that's great for them, but the rest of us have to work on Friday. Well, actually, come to think of it, I don't, since the show repeats on Friday, but someday I will join you working through to the weekend, and when I do, maybe the company I'll work for will offer casual Fridays. As you well know, it's not the easy-peasy, anything-goes day like it sounds. Nope, there are rules. I found them on the Internet, a mountain of big lists here. Do's and don'ts among them. Do wear jeans if you want to. That's great, but do not wear jeans that have holes in them. Well, that makes sense, because let me tell you, honestly, I really dislike holy jeans in public. It just looks sloppy. Uh, One thing I hadn't considered, it says consider not wearing a logo T-shirt. The truth is they're probably right because nobody wants a walking billboard going around the office. And as cool as the T-shirt I found at Goodwill is that has James Earl Jones sitting on a rocking chair holding a Verizon Super Pages phone directory, I should just save that one for Saturday. Office isn't going to care about that. 
I also recommend that you do shave. And here's two others I hadn't thought would be an issue on the do's and don'ts list. Do not wear ballet flats. And do not wear sweats. I guess somebody must have tried or else it wouldn't have made the list. So that seems to take all the fun out of it. If you put lots of rules, is it really casual Friday anymore? Well, a contributor to an Australian newspaper had a good point. He says, casual Friday is just an idea dreamt up by the HR department somewhere as a way to keep the drones happy. You know what keeps me happy? A pay raise. Well, I have to say it, but that guy's probably right. If the dress code is so important that we need it Monday through Thursday, why is it magically unimportant at the end of the week? If it's not damaging on Fridays, then why not make every day casual day? Now, I'm not going to bother asking bosses that question because I know what they're going to say. The dress code is important because it creates a professional work environment and sets a good atmosphere for clients and guests and visitors from corporate. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, I get it. So I came up with a better idea. Formal Fridays. Now, hear me out here. What you do is you toss out the business casual that you'd have throughout the week and instead replace the slacks with suits and ties and formal pantsuits for the female employees and really class up the joint on Fridays. Go around to the cubicles early in the morning and steal all the headphones and then pipe in classical music. And then to boost morale for that small fraction of the staff that's starting to get a little bit uh, murderous at this idea, set up a fancy table with really classy hors d'oeuvres, the kinds that we can't pronounce, at least I can't pronounce. And then make everyone leave their beat-up cars down at the park-and-ride lot at the uh, train station a few blocks away. And then chauffeur everyone in with a fleet of black German luxury cars. Oh, that would create the professional work environment that the bosses wanted. It set a good atmosphere for clients and guests and visitors from corporate. Formal Friday. Why hasn't anyone thought of this? In fact, to tell you what, why don't you open Outlook right now on your computer and fire off a couple emails to the powers that be? I think they'll spring for this, see if they'll pay for the hors d'oeuvres and the luxury sedans, and then CC me on their responses and let me know how it goes. Well, well, well. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. They call that the Christmas party. The Christmas party is the formal Friday. They can't afford to do it every Friday. And why are you mentioning ballet flats? I've never heard you say that in my life. And he, my producer pulls out the word ballet flats, or two words. So we're back with uh, Merrick White, a fashion blogger who's trying to help us out now. Do you like the formal Friday idea? Yeah, I love it. It's hot. I'm going to um, institute that at my house. That's a great idea. Put my two-year-old in a tuxedo. Yeah, see how that works for you. Yeah, I think it would go well. Now, this, the one reason why Formal Friday may not work is financially it may not be feasible for us all <laughs> to dress up, have the cars brought in, have a lot of nice food there. So it seems like one problem with trying to dress for success is it's going to cost you. Is there, is there an affordable way to get through this? There is. Here, tell me because I don't get it. Well, you know, for me, I'm not – Going to work every day, so, but I did at one point. Yeah, I did have a a job that I worked for for a couple of years, and I did dress up for that. Um, but it does get expensive, but it doesn't have to be yeah. expensive. You got to get creative, and that's where sewing for me comes in. See, sewing would is never going to happen in my house. Not or even with for me. your wife. 
Probably not. Well, we'd have to get her a sewing machine. Well, that's step one. <laughs> yeah. Step two would be taking a beginner sewing class. That's or something, true. Which they offer. But at- it's funny. We don't teach every every young woman growing up grew knew that back in my day. Right. You take those sewing classes, and now we don't even teach it. You know, they do offer them though. Do they? at uh, local fabric stores that's or great. community colleges yeah. or um, whatever, but. And also, YouTube is a great resource. If you don't know how to sew on a button, YouTube. I've never thought of that. I need to know that. You don't know how to put in a zipper, YouTube. I'm running out of clothes because I'm running out of buttons. (laughs) I don't even know where to get an extra button, quite honestly. And so if you learn how to do those basic sewing skills, you really can do a lot of things. And one, one thing that's really popular right now is thrifting. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. And that's where you go to... Um, like the a thrift, thrift store, store and just or find some clothes. Goodwill or mm-hmm. something, and find you, you got to do some digging. Yeah, if you know, you might come home with something that you got to wash yeah. a few times before it's wearable. Right, maybe deal with a few stains or no whatever. But oh, odors, <laughs> maybe odors. But don't maybe maybe what we all need to do if it's all going to cycle back anyway. Maybe we just need to hold on to our clothes. And that's what I do. Yeah, you but know? you're so skinny, you could probably do <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won't fit into what I was wearing 20 years ago. Well, that's another point that I want to bring up is, for me, weeding through my closet is a monthly or There's a lot of stuff in there that you can you know, bring back out, save, yeah. Yeah. revitalize. Yeah. And I go through it because there are things that I don't wear anymore. And if I haven't worn it in six months or whatever the timeline yeah. that I've designated yeah. – I get rid of it, it or I throw it in the repair pile so that I can alter it in some way so that it's updated fits and fresh, mm-hmm. fits my pregnant belly, yeah. and I'm a great idea. good to go. And I have a whole new um, piece for my for my wardrobe. So when you mean when the T-shirt's pressing too tight to our belly, that should say something. Either we need to let it out yep. or let it go. Yeah. Excellent. And you know, there was a – I have a personal example of this. My husband – Gained a little bit of weight. Yeah, with your and- pregnancy. <laughs> it, it happens to all it of us. It happens. And and he wanted to get rid of a shirt. He'd had it when he was yeah. 20 yeah, his cool or shirt. whatever. And, and uh, it was a little tight. And he was going to get rid of it. And I said, you know, I could fit into that. So yes. it was a polo shirt. Yeah. I cut out the collar. I turned it backward. I sewed up the sleeves and the sides a little bit. And it's one of my favorite shirts now. See, and plus, he gets to look at you and think, wow, isn't she looks kinda, hot like yeah, I used to. Right. Isn't that's that cool. kind of that's fun to see idea. your spouse in, in your clothes? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind, kind of fun There's idea. some parts of it that are just Sure. Weird, wouldn't that be kind of cute to well, have your kind wife of, It seems to clothes? only go one way. Because <laughs> if my <laughs> yeah. wife caught me in her clothes, that'd be a whole different problem. That would be awkward. Well, I, I think you give us hope because clothes are – you make it sound fun. It is fun. And like if I if I had to I would really rather pull my eyes out than go shopping for clothes. So my wife kind of does it for me. Well, I hope she's listening so I'm that sure she, she can, is. you know, pick up a few tips and And let's get her sewing. Yeah. Then that is a huge thing. It's coming back. I love that idea. The last generation, you know, sewing your own clothes was kind of Well, now we're going to need to financially. Right. We right. need to. We have to do it. Now, tell me, Merrick, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they learn more? I want them to get on your site and see what you're doing. You go to merricksart.blogspot.com. Merricks, M-E-R-R-I-C-K-S. A-R-T. A-R-T. Blogspot.com. And I blog about sewing. I do tutorials on there. I do a lot of really simple tutorials. Great. 
just basic alterations. And then I also do tutorials for making a piece of clothing completely out of scratch. It's perfect. And then I do, like I talked about, my features on how to wear different pieces. Yeah. The and five and one and one and five. One piece, five ways. It's like Arby's. Yeah. Good stuff, Merrick. Appreciate you joining us today. Good insight. And uh, go check out merricksart.blogspot.com and get a leg up on how to dress for success. Thanks again, Merrick. And uh, we'll be back right after this on Matt on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The big noise in sonic boom research is called Whisper. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. While travelers enjoyed the Mach 2 Concorde Airliner's transatlantic speed for almost 30 years, the era of the supersonic commercial airliner never really took off in the USA, in great part because of fears of damage and disruption from sonic booms. Now the Concorde is retired, and nobody flies that fast anymore commercially. But could we do it again? Without the noise this time? That's why NASA's Dryden and Langley Flight Research Centers have conducted an extensive study called the Waveforms and Sonic Boom Perception and Response Survey, short name, WHISPER. Working with a community near Edwards Air Force Base, study participants used a cell phone app and website to report any time they heard a boom and how strong it was. Test pilots flew precise courses measured by scientific instruments on the ground, and all this data was correlated to build a profile of what kind of flight pattern makes the least objectionable amount of noise. The Whisper Project will soon release findings to government and industry planners showing how planes might be flown at mock-busting speeds without disturbing folks on the ground. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For the 2012-2013 season, BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. Don't miss BYU football. Touchdown! Cougars take the lead! Men's basketball. Danny's to the middle, and the right hand stop! Women's basketball. Brigham Young University Cougars are the West Coast Conference champions. Baseball. A walk-off grand slam! And more. All the major sports all season long. Only on your home for Cougar Sports. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our Dress for Success topic. Hope you're learning something you know, it doesn't have to be hard. It could be just, I guess, something fairly simple. Uh, even apparently borrowing some of our spouse's clothes and rearranging them to make them fit us. Now, let's go um, to one of our producers, Bryce. Now, Bryce has a lot on his mind that he would like to share with us. This is called The Bryce is Right. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Clothes are difficult. 
Styles insist on changing, clothes are expensive, standards keep changing, the weather keeps changing, and doing the laundry is hard. All right, story time. I show up to work today to find out what in the world we're going to talk about. I find out that our topic is dressing for success, and this triggers a long-repressed memory. Many moons ago, I was working hard to maintain my sanity while trudging through the public school system, but every day had a wonderful delight that I would like to share with you all. It's rather warm where I'm from, so layers can be uncomfortable, but some people would take this a little bit too far. If you were showing too much skin, you would be sent to the front office to change. In exchange for your skimpy or otherwise unacceptable clothes, you would be given frumpy, nasty-looking sweatpants and a sweatshirt with the words, Dress for Success, written on them in big, bold letters in our school colors, of course. Go Titans! (laughs) I'm joking. I have zero pride for that pile of bricks and sadness. Back to what I was talking about. Few things in this world were as wonderful as seeing someone walking around in what I like to call the uniform of shame. And it was even worse when dudes had it, because you had to wonder how they managed that. But once again, this is the establishment interfering maybe a little too much in kids' lives. While it looks like the return of something like the dunce cap, the reality is that the administration was stepping in to save us from our dumb decisions. Once you leave high school, the real world has no problem smacking you in the face. Let's say you show up to a job interview dressed in something a little out of line. They aren't going to hand you something better to wear. They're going to not give you the job. What about when you walk out into public? Trust me, if you ever have to ask the question, are they laughing with me? Or if someone says, oh yeah, we're laughing with you, they're definitely laughing at you. Or worse, they take your picture and post it to one of the many People of Walmart sites. All right, let's get real. It's hard to dress well. I know it's going to be a good day if none of my roommates tell me to stop and go change when I'm on my way out the door. Unfortunately, I don't really have a solution to share. The only advice I can give is to find someone who does dress well and get them to help you or go shopping with you. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. The pro- the Bryce is right there. Don't forget to be awesome. Good insight. Now, as we wrap up our show today, um, we talked about clothes. Again, I'm not big into, you know, worrying about my clothes too much. It's funny because I it seems like I used to care. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me, um, but maybe one of the things eventually that gets all of us is we we tend to feel better about ourselves, not just with what we're what we're wearing, but maybe who we are and kind of our state of presentation. Do you, do you feel good about you? Because uh, maybe the best way to to do this is to first worry about trying to influence your own heart, your own inside, the inside out approach to to having. Um, self-esteem might be more effective than us just only worrying about our clothes, our look. Our, our, they matter. They'll matter in a job interview. They'll matter in just how you feel, like Merrick was talking about it. And also, deep down inside are going to be other things that we might also want to worry and spend some time about. Make sure we're dressed right there. Like, what if we just take care of our character and make sure that we have enough honesty and integrity that we can stand up straight? that we can look people in the eye? What if we made sure that our competency was a little bit higher? Instead of hoping to just win because we look good, what if we spent also some time to also make sure that we had the skills, the tools, that we, we had delivered on it, that maybe if that we had gone through the training or, the, or the, the work we had put into it. Remember, the private victory, the things you do privately, are going to eventually come out. There, there's no way to hide who you really are. Eventually, those things, those things that are deep inside of you, your confidence, your self-esteem are going to come out. 
Now, if they can be dressed, I guess, a little prettier, that might be valuable to you. It just can't compensate for the lack of character, the lack of competency uh, that is deep inside your heart. So just be thinking about that. No need to get depressed about it. And uh, I guess we can all begin somewhere. And and sometimes there's just nothing better than having a new shirt, something that you can uh, put on that, that makes you feel a little bit different. Also, can I just suggest it's probably not worth going into debt for. Uh, just as I've been talking to couples lately, I can't tell you as I look and talk to these these people that are struggling financially that I'm working with, couple after couple after couple are going into debt for things like clothes, for things like shoes and, and nice shoes and nice suits. And I look at it and I think, you know, is it going to make you a better lawyer? Is it going to make you a better friend? Is it going to make you a better mother, a better wife, a better husband? If it's not, then let's start focusing on some of those intangibles. It seems so clear to me that it's the intangible things versus the tangibles that really matter most. What I loved about Merrick, uh, our guest earlier, is she actually knows how to sew, which seems like such a lost art and something that so many have just let go to the wayside. And there's a lot of confidence, it seems like, that she has because she simply knows how to do it. She simply knows how to take the little that they have and, and take it a very, very long way. So that's my challenge to you. Show character, show integrity, let that light shine. And as you do, you'll influence the world. That's our challenge for you today. Thanks for joining us again. We're here every afternoon, five o'clock Eastern time. It's replayed again, seven o'clock Eastern and um, on 8 a.m. Eastern time every morning as well. Please join us. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to Matt Chat at byu.edu. Other than that, we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. 